Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I'm not entirely clear why you would want to catch a monkey, but in case you do, you're supposed to put nuts or sweets, something monkeys like to eat, in a narrow-mouthed container. The monkey happens by, somehow I don't think this is going to work around here, reaches in, grabs the food, and gets its hand stuck. Apparently, the monkey is unable to reason that it won't get its hand out again until it's let go of the food and released its fist. I'm also a little unclear about why this is a good way to catch a monkey. It would seem to me that now you have an agitated, hungry monkey dragging around a container, making it harder, not easier, to catch. I checked to be sure this isn't just a stupid allegory, but it's true. If the poor monkey just let it go, it could go on its way and find, say, bananas to eat if they just surrendered what they were holding on to they could be free. This is a sermon for the monkey in all of us. If we just surrendered what we were holding on to, we could be free. This morning I invite you to join me in a reflection on letting go. What's between you and your freedom? Is it time to stop clinging Say, uncle, surrender, and be free. An anonymous blog says, most of us don't want to let go until we're smashed to pieces. Something traumatic or tragic is often the only thing powerful enough to get our attention and show us that we're really not in control. We'll try countless things before we surrender to reality. We're in a world of hurt. Only when we fully accept and submit to this smoking pile of rubble can we make changes to effectively put out the fire and move on. We hate to let go. Psychologist Judith Sills write, there is that thing we do behind our own backs because we know we shouldn't do it. We continue contact with the very person, the very situation that was destructive in the first place. We know that. We just won't want to face it. In his novel, Infinite Jest, David Foster Wallace famously wrote, everything I've ever let go of has claw marks on it. It's so ugly, isn't it? Hold that up against this elegant suggestion from Buddhist teacher Sylvia Borstein. Surrender, she says, 
means wisely accommodating ourselves to what is beyond our control. Surrender. Wisely accommodating ourselves to what is beyond our control. Somehow, perhaps it was because it was so beautiful, the summer was filled for me with particularly protracted holding on. I didn't want anything to change, anything to end. I wanted to take every day, everyone, and everything hostage. I know better, but we all forget. When we're clinging to the past or dragging our heels into the future, we miss the present. Letting go is the spiritual practice of opening our hands and receiving the gift of the present. Normally, when I catch myself clinging, I find my breath and remind myself, now. Now. Right now. And sometimes when it feels especially overwhelming, I just say, uncle, and repeat it, uncle, as in, I give up the fight. I commend you to this because you actually can't say uncle over and over without being struck by the ridiculousness of the sound of that word and of the tragedy of our own making, uncle, uncle, uncle. <laughs> the Buddhist Thai forest monk, Ajahn Chah, said, if you let go a little, you will have a little peace. If you let go a lot, you will have a lot of peace. So how do we do it? It begins with a cool calculation of the risks and benefits. If we don't let go, we get to keep feeling right. We are right. We've been wronged, and we might even get some mileage from playing the victim card. But how does that feel? Day after day, how does it feel to stay stuck in it, even if it was so great before it wasn't or before it was gone? What about all the time that's disappearing now? Right now as we refuse to accept that the past is not going to be any different from what it was. To acknowledge that the past is past is just accepting reality. Acceptance might and might not be forgiveness. That's another sermon. But whatever you call it, the alternative to releasing the past is living in an economy of grudge-bearing in which that which binds us to someone or something else is toxic. Starting at the deep end, psychologist Jews Sills writes, acknowledge your secrets. Nothing nails us to the past more than the energy it takes to keep secrets. Then move forward by making a frank assessment of your character traits. Do you have a taste for blame? Pointing the finger feels so good, it's habit-forming. But it makes us powerless. 
If we make it through those flaming hoops, the next step is to get a leg up on what we can control, what we can change. Cleaning, tidying, outdoor work, you know, highly recommended. I like something really physical. The more demanding, the more exhausting, the better. And there's a bonus if you do it for someone else. If your thoughts slide, start sliding back into that bad neighborhood of the past, get yourself out of there. Take a look at your habits of thinking, Dr. Sills advises. Have you allowed yourself to develop a rigid mind? If so, know that you are trading the pleasure of imagined certainty for the possibility of change. To the degree that we stop, just stop, we will come unstuck. Think good thoughts and do good things. So I read the story of a woman who thought she'd help out a man she was dating to let go of his former wife. Yes, this is fraught. <laughs> she writes that he was a very fine man, a widower of three years, and wholeheartedly believed he wanted a new partner, and that new partner was possibly me. But his home, she says, was frozen at the moment of his wife's death. Her makeup sprawled on the bureau, her medical bills cluttering the kitchen table, her clothes spilling out of the closets and drawers. His life was layered over this, papers, an old jacket, new shirts, books everywhere. I spent a weekend with him trying to declutter, trying really to make room for myself. At the end of the weekend, a large photo of his wife, propped in a corner, suddenly fell over. Look what you did, he said, rushing to it. You've knocked over Marilyn. Marilyn stayed put. I left. <laughs> what can we really control or change? Hint, it's only ourselves. But we can help one another as we're ready to be helped. We can talk and listen, push and pull, pitch in, and it will get a lot better when we have something wonderful to look forward to. Something good for a daydream, a distraction, and for all the mentally energy required for planning and pulling it off. When the great Indian teacher Neem Karoli Baba was asked how we could become enlightened, he answered, serve everyone. When he asked, how can we know the bliss of God? He answered, feed everyone. That is all, serve and feed. But today I would add, let go enlightenment to follow. Beloved spiritual companions, let's remember the monkey and open our hands. Surrender means wisely accommodating ourselves to what is beyond our control. Time to be free. 
if we let go a little, we will have a little peace. If we let go a lot, we will have a lot of peace. Let's do it for ourselves. Let's help one another. Uncle, 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 let go. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.